Lou, what would you like for Christmas? I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 2 and a Wings while airing. No. Shoot your eye out. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? I thought we banned the crying baby sound. Christmas would live in our memories as the Christmas when we were introduced to Chinese turkey. Yes, your Christmas spirit. This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes! This Christmas music. Now, with Lou Desmond on AM590. The answer. Santa here? I know him. Hello, Inland Empire. It's the Lou Desmond Show here on AM 590. The answer joined in studio by estimable economist Jay Prague. I don't know where this uh, kind of thinness in my voice is coming from. I, was I just to talked to you. you before doing the show. You sounded fine. All oh, of a sudden, yeah. now you're, you're sick? Is this no, a, I'm is not sick. Christmas I don't, thing? I, I, no, I don't know. I mean, I just, I've had You want to go home sick? Is that what you're trying to no, do? No, I've just kind of had this thinness. In my, I, Jay I, and I weird. can take I over. Don't worry about it. From. I have this just kind of weird thinness in my voice today, and the, I don't know. Uh, the Grinch. Maybe story. I need to talk more through my nasal passages, as my voice coach would have told yeah, me in the past. Well, yeah, what's that? free your top, right? Isn't yeah, that free the, the top. Exactly. exactly. Right, free yeah, the top. Go through the nose if you're having trouble. So, I mean, I could do that, but then again, I could just go all natural, and this is what my voice sounds like today. Or I can go higher through my nasal passages and have a deeper voice. It's up to you. But uh, that like actually would be finally. a lot of work. I love the hat, by the way. Okay, well, I wore my Christmas hat today because this is our Christmas episode, and, uh, you know, i got to get my... Here we go. We're going to get a photograph of this. For, yeah, we gotta uh, get a, we got to get a photo of Jay. Right. Jay in the Christmas hat. There we go. Oh, wait, this is dangerous. You're asking me to try to operate an electronic And, and of course, device. we're doing this while we're doing a radio show, right? So this well, is of quick. course. Yeah, I mean, isn't that what everybody does? I was telling, telling Lou before we started the show that uh, last week we talked about our favorite Christmas movies. And uh, today we should talk maybe about our, our least favorite Christmas uh, carols, you know? No, 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 no. Uh-oh. I mean, uh, Santa go around over by a reindeer. Yeah, like oh, that, right? Yeah, or Perumpa Pum Pum. That's the one. That, oh, yeah, the hippopotamus the one. Boy thing. Stop it! Yeah. Uh, you know what I realized is we didn't we didn't get the uh, we didn't get our band on this year. We have the kids, mm-hmm. the kids from New Kuiper Christian School. Yeah, but the folk group. The, yeah, well, the, well, the, well, yeah, the Good the, News Praise Band that's that the usually one. Yeah, comes the in for my church. It just we just everything the the whole holiday season got shortened up for me this year, and I just it, a lot of things I just didn't get done. So oh well, my I guess, bad. I guess we won't expect presents, huh, Gabe? No, no presents. At least not but, from yeah. the Good News Praise Band. The one of the bumper music is the Praise Band. So yeah, exactly. the whole month. So sort of on We've been listening to it anyway. All right, look uh, on the serious side of the news. I know everybody has been talking about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. And that is the two police officers that were murdered in New York City. The two police officers that were assassinated in New York City. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the killer posted to Facebook. That he was going to go kill police. Uh, He said, you know, they take one of ours. Let's kill two of them. I'm going to put pigs in a blanket today. Blah, blah, blah. (sighs) Mm -hmm. And and the protesters in New York want people to believe that these actions are unrelated. Right? Right. That Mm -hmm. uh, they're Mm -hmm. chanting things like, what do do you want? Dead Dead cops. cops. When do we want them? Right now. now, that that had nothing to do with somebody's no. decision. Crazy person though he may be, to go out and blow away a couple of look as I New tweeted. As I tweeted, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me. And I did it on Saturday morning. Tell people enough times that they're being targeted for assassination by the police, and somebody's going to act on it eventually. Yeah, and and I was listening on a, uh, a a brother radio station to a fellow from the Police Protectives uh, Association saying, 
you know, it's it's difficult to be a police officer right now. I can't even imagine, frankly. And uh, to hear protesters saying the sorts of things that they're saying about the police as a group um, in in an you know uh, response to the actions, in many cases, actions that proved to be justified of uh, a, a small number of cops. How how hard would it be? Because here here's the thing. Look, protesters, the Al Sharptons of the world, the Jesse Jacksons, the race hustlers, whatever. I mean, they're they're bad actors and and they are bad people and they're going to they're going to do what they're going to do. Okay, mm-hmm. great. But then there are people like the mayor of New York, somewhat disappointing at this who point. Who need yeah. to be more responsible with what they say. And I know the politics of it as a liberal mayor of New York, is that you really should be siding with the protesters because those are your peeps. Yeah, but boy, mayors have not gotten very far in New York um, not being on the right side of the police. The, the police are a very big group and a powerful group, and I don't mean that in a bad way in New York City. I guess the point that I'm getting to is I, I almost expect Al Sharpton and some of yeah, these that, other that's idiots... That's their job, to, to go out and foment. To go out and flame and yeah, foment. Yeah. And then... Would it be so hard for Mayor de Blasio to have said something like, I understand why the African-American community is so incensed by the death of Eric Garner. I get it. The video looks like the police were overzealous. I understand how frustrating it is. Uh, I am married to an African-American woman. I have a son who is half African-American. I'm concerned that he does not end up in an incident like this. And I tell him to be careful. But at the same time, you have to keep in mind that 99.9% of all interactions with the police don't end in violence and that the vast majority of police officers are good people trying to do a very difficult job. Absolutely. And to, to, to make decisions, life and death decisions, very, very quickly, you know? Uh, yes, Gabe. To quote the great Gandhi, an eye for an eye only ends up making the whole world blind. That's, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's, but, that's right. But is, would it have been so hard to just introduce some cooling rhetoric into the cauldron that was bubbling? Yeah. Instead of throwing gasoline on it. Well, and there have been other uh, stories in the paper the last couple of days about police officers being shot and being killed in the line of duty. Um I think that, you know, during the course of a typical year, um, at least as many police officers are killed by uh, bad guys as there are bad guys killed by police. Well, and, and when I know, when I work, I haven't with, seen the numbers, but I'll yeah. bet you that's a pretty, pretty close number. I spent two years working very closely with a team of SWAT guys that that formed a company to train police, basically like sort of like Blackwater is to the military. Right. These guys were to police and they went around the country with their proprietary system that they had developed to train police and shoot, don't shoot scenarios. And I remember one of the SWAT officers saying that he believed many, many, many police died Mm -hmm. because the last thought going through their head is I don't want to shoot this guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm virtually certain that's true. Yeah. Because if you think about it, police have to go through, rigorous psychological evaluation training and and they're they they're look i i have met a couple of police officers in situations that acted like knuckleheads uh-huh. okay 
Wait, but we, the vast majority of cops I've had very good interactions with. Uh, six months ago uh, or so, I don't know. I've been on the show so long now, it all, it's all blur. We were all over the police, the San Bernardino County Sheriff, for shooting some fellow oh, yeah, for no reason whatsoever. Times there yeah. have been cop- and yeah. there was the cop that chased the kids into the shops at Chino Hills. Yeah. He was a L.A. County uh, yeah. based so, cop. So, you know, we who, who we lambasted right. the D.A. for not bringing charges. I mean, it's not like we haven't on this show. Indeed. You and I found cases where the cops were dead wrong. No pun intended. I exactly. Mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or the, ca- the shooting at Kayvon Young up in the high desert, which I did multiple shows on. That's the one I was talking about. Right. Yeah. Where the kid was shot for no good reason. Yeah. And then they charged him. Yeah. So it's not like you and I are known as police apologists here on the program, but at the same time, we are responsible in our rhetoric. I never said on this program, all police are bad guys. Right. I never said that police do this routinely. Or, or that people should go out and do harm to them either. Right. I, I just said, said that. look. We said that, that the justice system should step up on occasion when a police officer does clearly cross the line and do something about it. We didn't. We didn't call for public, the public to go out and and take action against those police. We called for the DA to do it. We called for the system to do it. Right, you which know? is the way that this is that this is supposed to work. Now, there are the activists, and the MSNBC types. I've been watching all day, trying to desperately spin themselves away from the murder of these two police, and what they're saying. It's just not believable. They're saying that there is no connection between the overheated rhetoric of the past four months and go all the way back to George Zimmerman. Right. And the fact that a marginal personality used that as the trigger and the excuse to go kill two police officers. And here's the only question that I would love to ask Al Sharpton. Reverend Sharpton, do you really believe... And I'd like to waterboard him while I ask him this. I'd like to waterboard him just in general cause. But I'd love to ask him this and waterboard him at the same time. Reverend Sharpton. Let me ask you this. Okay, stop, guys. Um, Do you really believe, Reverend Sharpton, that the overheated rhetoric and all the media coverage and the negative light that the police have been portrayed in Mm -hmm. over the past several months that you have been in great deal a part of had no connection at all with the fact that this young man killed those two police officers. And you suppose he would admit the truth? No, 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 no. no. We'd have to again for hours probably. And you know what? I mean, I feel for people who grew up in, in, in very, very difficult parts of town in poor parts of town in places with lots of crime and drugs and things like that. If you ask these protesters, okay, look, you're right. The cops are horrible people. We simply will not deploy any more cops in your neighborhood. They'd go, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't do At least the, the normal people would. See, the thugs and the bad guys and the drug dealers and the thieves, and let's face it, they don't prey on people outside their own neighborhood mostly. Yeah, and I was, again, listening to a story about openings in the police departments all over the country. They're, they're trying to fill their, their, their ranks with minorities, with people that are not just white guys. And they said it's kind of hard because it's hard to, do, to get clean background checks. Right. It's hard to, you know. Look, uh, more on this when we come back. I know it's a Christmas season, but it's big news and we got to talk about it. AM 590 The Answer, Lou Desmond Show, right back right after this. 
Welcome back to the Lou Desmond Show, coming to you from the Charter Business Studio in San Bernardino. And now, here's Lou Desmond. Back here on the Lou Desmond Show, and it is the talk, of course, of the country, which is the assassination of the police, two police officers in New York City. Uh, I wanted to touch on a sports connection to it, because this is something people have not uh, talked about a lot. Gabriel, do you remember when the <clears throat> excuse me, Los Angeles Rams players came out before a game and they did the hands-up, don't-shoot gesture? Yes, that happened a couple weeks ago. A lot of NBA players have been wearing shirts. Say, I can't breathe. Right? Yeah. Say, I can't breathe. Right. Eric Garner. So on Sunday, Nick Ban- Mangold, who is the center for the New York Jets, all pro, you mm-hmm. know, just really great player, came out for warm-ups wearing an NYPD hat. Cool. He was the only guy on the team wearing the NYPD hat. Tom Coughlin, uh, apparently the coach, also had something like a button or something in support of the the police and, and also uh, potentially was wearing a hat. I'm not quite clear on what his thing was, where they had the same hat or what. And I thought back to how I reacted to the hands up, don't shoot thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, my reaction was, I'm here at a football game to watch a game and I really don't want politics and the news of the day interjected into my football. Just like on the anniversary of the Newtown shootings, for some reason, Sunday NFL Countdown did a five-minute thing on their pregame show about the anniversary of the New town shooting massacre and i'm thinking what the heck does this have to do with football and this is not what i want to be watching because football is a diversion for me yet Mm -hmm. i have to admit i had no problem at all with the nypd hat with nick mangold so let me ask you jay am i a hypocrite uh, hmm, I think I'll pass on that one. No, 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 no. I mean, because I'm not sure what you'd call it. Uh, uh, um, I, I think that I think that everybody takes sides on these things, and I think that um, uh, some people understand the challenges of being a police officer, and that the police, while, even when they have a bad outcome, are usually not trying for that bad outcome. Uh, clearly, in the case of the guy in Brooklyn. Uh, the cop wasn't trying to kill the 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 fellow. If he if he wanted to kill him, he'd have probably just shot him, right? So the chokehold was just a a, a bad outcome. The um, hands up thing, the hands up don't shoot. That's that relates back to Ferguson, right? Yes. Okay. So here's the problem with that. By all accounts of people who weren't lying, he didn't have his hands up ding, saying ding, don't ding, shoot. Ding, 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 ding. It's just a lie. It's just a it's 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 hooey. And and to to have that be your protest is just showing ignorance. See, I I, I absolutely just set you up for that, and you walked oh, because I know you so well. You soft pitched me, and I hit it over right the where I wanted you yeah. to go, okay, which is there is not anyone who could question mm-hmm. that walking up to a patrol car while two cops are eating lunch and shooting them both in the head at point blank range 
is an act of evil so disgusting that everybody should be willing to wear the hat, put on... Did anyone object I, to any 9-11 I completely stuff? agree. With, I, I agree with where you're going on this, and I think you did. You set me up, but you're right on this one. That, that the bad outcomes in the case of the police were not intended, even if they were overreaction. Walking up and shooting somebody in the head, you pretty much intended to kill Well, them. when you post on Facebook and, that you and, intend and, yeah, to go exactly kill police right, yeah. officers... Yeah, there's no ambiguity about this. Yeah. Thing. yeah. So there is no doubt... Yeah. There is nothing yeah, you can... The moral outrage should be here. You're right. exactly right. There, there, there is no doubt that the moral outrage yeah. has to be on the side of the murdered police officers. Yeah, and that the protesters really don't think that they could have caused this. And that they're, frankly, you know, to be honest, the protesters who are out there saying, what do we want, dead cops, should be arrested. That's against the law. You, I mean, that's, that's inciting not, violence. That's not free speech. Right, it's inciting right? violence. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's not legal, and they're only getting away with it because, well, because they're the letting get away with it. Because the cops are refusing to do anything. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I, talked to, um, I talked to a former police officer friend of mine today. Well, let me, not leave, let me not leave this subject about the Giants and the hands up, don't shoot thing. The reason why I was offended, I think, about the hands up, don't shoot thing is exactly where you went, which is... This is fomenting, and I have my hands in the air. Yeah. This is fomenting a lie. Yeah, that didn't happen. By all this, by doing that, you are saying that young man had his hands up and was executed by the police officer. Right. That's a lie. It didn't happen that way. Right. And so, by doing that, you are fomenting a lie. Now, the "I can't breathe" T-shirts. I get it, but at the same time, I have a bit of an issue with it because it seems like a political statement again Mm -hmm. because the police officers are trained that if the person is speaking... That means they can breathe. Yeah, I I didn't see the video, the video people are talking about. What I was told was that... The guy wasn't doing what he was being told to do. He wasn't. Yes, he resisted arrest. Yeah, he, was, so. he resisted arrest. He'd been cited 20-something times. Uh, he was doing something that he'd been told not to do repeatedly. He was so well-known in the community mm-hmm. that he was known as the Cigarette Man. Yeah. That was his nickname from the police. And his wife on an interview on an MSNBC that I saw said, Look, my husband was kind of lazy. He couldn't really hold a, a job, and this is how he generated some money, and the police knew that he did it. He'd been cited for it multiple times, but they didn't need to kill him. Well, they did need to arrest him. And if you resist arrest... Not, not, bad things happen Bad sometimes. things happen! Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just... You know, it goes back to that Chris Rock... Uh, yeah, yeah, my, I told you. You know what I mean? Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. One of my gifts to you. It's yeah. like, don't... How to not get your blank beat uh-huh. by the police. Go look it up on Google. Yeah. Simple rules. Yeah. Don't break the law. Number one, don't break the law, and you're not going to have an interaction yeah. with the police. Then... Do what the police say. Yeah. If you get pulled over, do what the police tell you. Right. Don't have a gun in your car. Don't have drugs in your car. Don't, yeah. and don't lie run. to the police. Don't run. Don't yeah. run. Yeah. yeah. Just do what you're told. It's easy. So... You know, I, I originally thought about this and I went, wow, you know, my reaction is really different. Am I reacting different because 
that guy is a white guy and he's on the side of the police and these are African-American people and they're on the side of the shot kid. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered to you if the police had been African-Americans, right? This is not, that's not the point. The, right. the, the color of the skin isn't the point of the perpetrators or of the cops. But I did find it interesting that in the case... Think about this. Mm-hmm. All the players that did the hands-up-don't-shoot thing were black. Mm-hmm. The only player who honored the slain police officer was white. Was white. That's kind of sad. I, although, although Charles Barkley has been out pretty much on yes. the correct side of this one, but yeah. But I, it just it points out, it points out an ongoing problem yeah. that we do have, which is I don't believe that police target African Americans, and I have a poll that I want to talk about on the other side. Yeah. That I read, and it was absolutely astounding. I'll tease it here. A psychological poll, and, and this uh, was done, and they've done this. They've done this in many places. And what what it is is it's designed to elicit your positive or negative responses uh-huh. to photos of people of different races and, and ethnic backgrounds. In most cases. The more alien the person is to you, in other words, if you show a picture of an aborigine to a guy from Sweden, right, he has a pretty negative reaction because people are afraid of what they're not familiar with, right? Correct. But a very interesting thing happened when pictures of African Americans were shown to whites in the United States. Let's just say the outcome of the survey was not what they were expecting. AM 590 The Answer, Lou Desmond Show, right back, right after this. Desmond show and uh, oh, I've got to I've got to go I've got to go look for this. Okay, while you're squ- uh, looking for that, uh, I was uh, chatting with my sister back in Maryland, uh, driving out to the station, and she said to say hello to you and to Gabe. She's the one who came and visited, uh, yes, and watched us uh, tape the show, and uh, said to send uh, howdy howdy, yeah, send to send Merry Christmas to everybody, and she'll be out to visit my dad in a couple of months. Awesome. Well, I'm looking for this study. And I'm not finding it right now, but but I remember I remember the outcomes, so I'm just going to talk about it because I teased it, and then I'm going to have to try to try to find it uh, and and uh, post it on the Facebook page. This is the facial recognition, right? Study. Okay, it's a very so, famous so, study, actually, right? Yeah. And and so they redid the study in the United States, and basically, uh, it's a facial recognition study where they show people pictures of individuals from different ethnic backgrounds. Right. And you have like an immediate reaction. And, to and you, they, they test your immediate facial reaction to the image. Right. And they go by very quickly. Right. Uh, and so it's basically like a Rorschach test with people's faces. Right. Right? So in general, what they find is that the more alien the culture is that the other culture is looking at... And where alien is... The people I grew up with, what my parents look like, what my siblings look like, the people at my church, people that's not alien. That's who I'm used to looking at. Right. Right. And right. then alien is somebody who doesn't so look like So if you're like from that. Denmark. Yeah. 
and they show you a picture of an aborigine. That's pretty alien. Yeah, I mean, not just the skin color, right? But the shapes, the the the, the you know brow, various things, just doesn't the, the dress doesn't look right. May, maybe the the yeah. facial ornamentation or tattooing or what? It's just different, <laughs> right? It, it's just different. And so the more different, if you show a Chinese guy, pretty much anybody, a else, Swedish right? bikini model, uh, it's gonna throw him. Now it may not be a negative reaction, but, but, but it will be, be alien a reaction. That's right. right yeah. So they did this study in the United States, and what they did is they showed white people from around the country pictures of African Americans. Uh huh. Now, what ended up happening is, what should I for, do first, Jay? What what happened, or what they thought was going to happen? Well, I think everybody out there probably ha- has an idea of what they thought. What do was you think happen. they thought was going to happen? I, I'd rather expect people thought there would be a. A negative reaction, a fear reaction, uh, something. Where? Because remember, they did the whole country. So were there differences and why, do you think, they thought going in? What oh. would you think? You mean north-south uh, differences? Right. So think about it this way. Yeah. There are areas of the country like Montana uh-huh. where the number of African Americans is very small. Like four, yeah, right, yeah. There's so, areas of the country like the eastern seaboard, New York, yeah. so, Michigan, so you'd the think, deep south. So the, where, a, the alien theory would say that, that the negative reaction would be stronger in Montana, that the uh, negative reaction might also be stronger in places where we think there's prejudices like the south. And I don't think that's how it turned out. I, I think it probably turned out different from that. <laughs> it was the inverse. Yeah. So the, the, People in areas with the highest concentration of African Americans as part of the population, so the Northeast, for example, had the highest negative reactions to the African American images. Yeah. People with the least amount of African American contact had the least negative views. So that tells you something very interesting, which is this is becoming a learned response. Yeah, touche. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. The people in Montana that live together, black, white, or whatever, uh, all have to live in Montana in a, in a fairly stark environment, working together. Um, a, a, a student of mine once many years ago, uh, we were talking about social issues. Actually, this is back in the early 90s, and he was from Wyoming. And he said, yeah, there are parts of California that are, are confusing to me. We don't have a big homeless problem in Wyoming. And I said, yeah, I'll bet you don't. Uh, homeless in Wyoming is called Popsicle. It's called... Uh, Dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So you're, you either have a way to live there or you don't generally make live. it. Yeah, you know. I was thinking about this, and, and it, this study troubled me, Jay. Mm-hmm. Because what it says is it's, a lear- it's becoming a learned response. Yeah. In other words, it's not that... Oh, look, an African-American. I'm not familiar with them, so I have a negative reaction. It's African-American. Oh, I have a lot of experience with them, and I have a very negative reaction. Sure. That's an entirely different thing. And the implication of that is that there is some racial prejudice that exists. But then the question is, why? But it appears to be learned, not innate. Your parents don't teach you to be prejudiced. It you know, over time, you run into people and have uh, fallings out or difficult moments. Or you get robbed you or you get negative, whatever. And, you know, it means so. you have negative experiences. Experiences. Right. Because it, it's supposed to go the other way. So that there's something very bad happening in terms of it, it's almost like we've gone through a weird arc where 
You had slavery, and that was horrifying. Mm-hmm. We freed the slaves, and in the Northwest and other places, they started to do better. The South, you had Jim Crow and terrible things going on all the way until the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Then there was something of a renaissance of the African-American family. Well, actually, in the 50s and 60s, there was a renaissance. I saw the movie The Butler. And I'm thinking these are African-American families, much like the Huxtables, right? Uh Uh-huh. Who I recognize as being just like my family. It's working people, yeah, right. Yeah, there's mom. Mom's a teacher. Dad's a butler at the White House. Yeah. Uh, she's the homemaker. They go to church on Sundays. They have family dinners. Okay, yeah, I, I recognize that, okay? Mm-hmm. Not an alien culture. But then in the 70s, something starts to... Mm-hmm. There's a fraying of that. There, so there's something yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to try and figure out what that is. You know, I... Um, I and you, then I saw this. Ah, okay. Your study... Uh, yeah, we, we, we talked about this uh, off-air. The... Uh, Unbelievable rise in single motherhood in America over the last 50 years, and in particular uh, in um, minority communities. This is from the Washington Post, and my jaw almost hit the floor when I read this article. Few institutions in America have evolved over the last 50 years quite like motherhood. More women are having their children later in life, or they're doing so in less traditional ways, before marriage, without marriage, or with unmarried partners. Single motherhood has grown so common in America... That demographers now believe half of all children will live with a single mom at some point before the age of 18. Now, take a look at the chart. Since 1950, in 1950, 0 to 5% of all white births were to unmarried women. Hispanics, less than 10%. African-Americans, slightly less than 20%. Today, are you ready for this jaw-dropping number? Mm-hmm. 72% of births to African-American women are single. But, I mean, this actually says something even worse than that. or uh, worse 41% than right Hispanic, not, 36% n- Not white. just single. Um well, unmarried un, 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 and just unmarried. never having a man in the household. So, so this is not children of divorce. This is people who are having children not married. You see the difference? In other words, right. there are some people who, who uh, have live with a single mom because their parents got divorced. That's a very different dynamic. These are single moms, as in never had a dad at home while the kid was alive. That's a, that's a very different family dynamic. Now, get this. Uh, this is uh, this. Research is by a research of McClanahan and Jenks. McClanahan and Jenks have a helpful new paper assessing the state of children born to single moms in America 50 years after the controversial Moynihan report on the Negro family warned in 1965 that the growing number of fatherless black children in America would struggle to escape poverty. In some ways, Daniel Portrait Moynihan, a Democrat... In some ways he looked prescient. In every way he looked prescient. Black children today are about twice as likely as the national average to live with an unmarried mother and... Jay, as an economist, Mm -hmm. what does that mean for that child's economic well-being? Well, the the biggest problem that I know uh, that that this uh, tends to lead to is in educational outcomes, that if you don't have two parents at home, uh, if you have one parent, that parent's likely working, or if they're not working, then they're likely very 
poorly educated and, and themselves not uh, a good role model, you're not getting the reinforcement you need for the education system to work, which means you're not going to buy into the education system, which means you're not going to end up as a high wage earner. You know, so you're the, the dynamic that this tends to lead to, um, among other things, is that is and, you know, you don't you don't have the role models you need for work ethic, for educational support and those things. Well, look, and, and, and I'm going to take it to an even more basic level. Everybody on the left is screaming about income inequality. You want to create income inequality? Have one race of people that has single mothers trying to raise families and then have the other race of people have a mom and a dad both working, raising a family. Yeah, you're right. And the wealth gap has gotten enormous. And I said to you when we talked about this off air, you know, the the typical upper middle class white family, the the wealth gap is between uh, African-Americans and whites, um, is two people working, both educated, both bringing home salary, a uh, relatively controllably small number of children, uh, parental support, et cetera, et cetera. They own homes. They have investments in stocks. So they get the wealth from the growing values in both of those things. Whereas on the other end, it's a single mom, probably working part-time, if at all, living with some social services, renting, not owning a home, and having no investments whatsoever. So basically no wealth. Here's another jaw-dropping number from a different study. The median wealth of white households is 20 times that of black households and 18 times that of Hispanic households. And this is no joke. And this is, I'm looking at this statistic here. In 2009, the median average net worth of a household that's white is $113,000. So that's home equity, stock investments, and things like that. That's wealth, not income. The, the, the median black wealth is 5000 5000 That's a car. That's right. it. That's 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 you what, own a beater car. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's shocking. That's stunning. That's just beyond belief, you know. And again, it's it's interesting. Uh, bad decisions is what I would say uh, early in life that become unsupportable, untenable. You can't have a single mom with multiple children and create wealth. You can keep them alive. You can give them food. Right. Stamps. You can you can you, you can, can keep them you know, alive. You, you can push them through, hopefully, a school system. Yeah. Get them to 18, living, hopefully. Right. But what are their chances in life? Well, and wealth is something that has to be created through good decisions. And passed wealth, on, for God's well, sake. Wealth, though, is something you get by learning how to do things like save up money, right? Like set aside money and put it in the market, like down payments for a home is, and things Jay, like that. Even before I started making real money, until my early 30s, I didn't have anything saved. But... I got fortunate and I I had I started to get much better jobs, much better pay. Right. And then really when my wealth really started building is when I married my wife and she had a second income. Yeah, and then all of a sudden and, and, there's and a little bit of money to put there's aside. A lot more money to put aside and, and buy, and buy a house, the house and, and, and right. invest money and all those things. Right. But even if I had stayed single and I was making say 150 grand a year, which I was at one point, mm-hmm. I could burn through that as a single guy without thinking about it. If there was no, if I didn't have a woman in my life checking me and saying, oh, no, no, no. There's some of that. You're not, <laughs> no, uh, we're not blowing three grand, you know, in Vegas this weekend. That yeah, ain't, yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. There's something to be said. The stabilizing influence of a family. It's exactly. Well, it's well known. Yeah. Yeah. And if you your don't insurance rate, it, Your insurance rates go down when you yeah, get married. Yeah, guess what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello. AM 590 The Answer, Lou Desmond Show, right back, right after this. 
Welcome back to the Lou Desmond Show, coming to you from the Charter Business Studio in San Bernardino. And now, here's Lou Desmond. Bells will be ringing the sad, sad news. Boy, for, you know, right before Christmas, it's actually turned out to be kind of a heavy show here on the Lou Desmond Show. But Okay, uh, shall we do, yeah, let's do a, the, a few seconds of yeah. this? Lou handed me this out of the Press Enterprise. Uh, taxes to rise to pay off debts. Well, this is something that's not a big surprise to you know, the economist on the show, but this is one that I didn't know about. Brace yourselves, California business types. Mm-hmm, Mr. Desmond, across the way from me here. The federal unemployment tax you pay in 2015 will be more than four times what you paid just a few years ago. Four times. Several hundred thousand un- uh, employers in the Golden State will have to kick in $1.3 billion into the federal unemployment insurance kitty next year, up from only $298 million, uh, in 2012. Do those numbers again. $1.3 billion, up from $300 million, so okay, f- so, fourfold so increase. Let me set this up. If you own a business, you pay unemployment insurance Correct. on all of your employees. Right. So okay? your, 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 your unemployment insurance... Payment will rise times four, four. Fold fourfold from where it was in 2012, and this is entirely to pay off the debt incurred to increase the amount of unemployment compensation that we gave by extending the long-term unemployment in the state, et cetera, et cetera. That was money that we, where I say we, I mean California, borrowed from the unemployment system. We borrowed from people. the federal government, and it's, billions of it's dollars paid with not general fund. Business taxes. So this is yet another brilliant move on the part of California, <clears throat> Sacramento, to make it difficult to be a business Look, person in they, California. They, this, is, this is very simple. It's simple-minded. Governor right? Jerry Brown, complicit with the legislature, with the controller, and all the powers that be in Sacramento, the Democrats, took out a loan on every private business in the state of California without our consent. Correct. To, to, to I give, didn't want to borrow that money. To give people uh, more unemployment. If so, you so, had that come they, to me, so that they would not work. If you had come to me as a business owner and said, Lou Desmond, are you willing to pay four times as much and possibly that much for years to come? Because that's just paying the interest. We're not paying the debt down very much. Right. In order so that we can extend out employment to almost two years for people. Mm-hmm. Hell no. So add that. Would have been my answer. Add that together with the cap and trade tax that we heard about on the show a couple of weeks ago. And some of the other wonderful shenanigans coming out of Sacramento. And 2015 should be another mediocre year for California business. Ho, ho, ho. I just, how, how is it legal to encumber my business for a bunch of additional cost without asking without you? asking me yeah, last time last time somebody did that a bunch of tea ended up in the harbor yeah i don't know i mean no taxation without representation no i don't one, know you know at the time you and i covered this and we went well wait a minute how are they paying for this how are they going to pay for this yeah, now we know now we know yeah nice charming good so that's money that's sucked out of businesses and it it means less hiring yeah, it's money you can't use to do anything else. Yeah, you can't uh, improve your capital structure. You can't I, I'm hire. hearing this. Would you like fries with that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if they are giving businesses every incentive they possibly can to not hire human beings. I, if I was in robotics right now, I, my business would be booming. Robots, drones. You, you know what? I... I uh, <clears throat> 
I became an internet shopper. Oh yeah. Over this holiday season because of my injury. I, I went to try to go to the mall because there's this one store I had to go to for my wife. Uh-huh. Took me like an hour to get to the store with my leg dragging behind me. Mm. And it was a drag, and it was painful, and I just said, I'm not doing this. You know what you should have done is, is you should have simply walked a little bit and every so often look up and say, God bless us everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would have – actually, one thing. lady came up to me, and she goes, oh, are you all right? Your shoe's untied. You're going to fall down, and I notice you're limping. And I said, if I could tie my shoe, lady, I, I would. My foot won't fit in a regular shoe, but mm-hmm. thank you. And I said, God bless and Merry Christmas. And, you know, that was a nice nice thing for mm-hmm. her to do. But I, I – I, I'm 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 ordering through Amazon Prime, and you know, it, it's I can track my packages. Yeah, and pretty cool. I don't have to talk to anybody, cool. and, yeah, it's a, and it's all automated. Yeah, I know. It's this all is, automated. This is why the stores, the the generic department stores, the J.C. Penneys of the world, are bye on their last leg. Yeah, Radio Shack, a lot of them. Yeah, Sears. Probably our kids won't see them. I, we may not see them next year. Uh, well, you know what? Those three. Uh, and once they start delivering by drone, yeah, and it's like in an hour, yeah. Why would you do anything? The dangerous thing that I found out, though, is it's way too easy to order stuff online because it's not like you're actually buying anything because it's not the same experience of actually swiping the card. Right. So once your card is in there at Amazon Prime, be careful Uh, because it's really easy to run out. And look, uh, if they keep incentivizing businesses to not hire people, it's awfully hard to build that one distribution center out in the middle of the desert and have it run by robots, you know? You're yep. right. And those jobs, by the way, Lou, once they're gone, they never come never back. They're never coming back. And 590 The Answer, thank you. He's estimable economist Jay Prague from the Drucker School. Read him in the Daily Bulletin. Thank you, and Merry Christmas, everyone. And 590 The Answer, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Lou Desmond, and I'm gone. <laughs>